0: Hello, friends. Welcome to the Trinity Podcast. My name is Matthew. I'm the parish pastor at Trinity in Decatur. So, as is our practice every day during the season, we are taking one of the readings from the daily office lectionary, and for about 10 minutes, just we think about it. We ask what God might be saying to us today in it. So, this week is Holy Week, it's Tuesday of Holy Week. And every year, the church takes this week and walks closely with Jesus through the last week of his life. And as we walk with Jesus through this week, I I always think it's helpful and imaginative to try to think what Jesus must have been thinking about on that week. One of the things that we can always assume was on Jesus' mind were the Psalms. And that's because this was the prayer book for Jesus. It was the songs that Jesus used to worship his father, to worship the Lord. And it was probably a psalm like the one we're going to read today that was on his heart during that last week. So I'm going to read Psalm 6 um, or a portion of it, and then I'll pray. And then I'll share a couple of thoughts that I have uh, from this psalm. So this is Psalm 6. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. Heal me, O Lord. For my bones are troubled. My soul also is greatly troubled. But you, O Lord, how long? Turn, O Lord, deliver my life and save me for the sake of your steadfast love. For in death there is no remembrance of you. In Sheol, who will give you praise? I am weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with my weeping. My eye wastes away because of grief. It grows weak because of all my foes. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. For the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord accepts my prayer. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In spirit, we invite you into this moment. Whether it's at the beginning of our day or later, whenever it is that we uh, listen to this, we just pause for a moment and remember that you are a God who is always active. You never sleep nor slumber. And so we just turn our attention to you and we say, come Holy Spirit, come and lead us through the psalm and lead us close to Jesus through it so that we can sense his presence, so that we can share in his sufferings so that we can know him and love him better. And we ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. We find ourselves this week in a couple of really significant moments. First of all, as I already mentioned, it's Holy Week, which means we're in the holiest week of the year for Christians, the time where we walk closely with Jesus all the way to Good Friday and Easter Sunday. And at the same time, it is a holy week unlike any that we've ever had. We're doing it in our homes. We're staying away from people. Everyone's in isolation. Shelter in place is keeping us from any sort of contact with people outside of those in our household. And so there's a deep loneliness to this, which um, may actually be really appropriate as we keep close company with Jesus. And simultaneously in our country, we are what is probably the beginning of the apex for some of the hot spots for COVID-19. And so more people are going to die this week than any other week of this crisis so far. We are entering probably two of the most difficult weeks in our nation's history, and certainly uh, in in our own lives, some of the hardest weeks of our own lives. And simultaneous to that, the natural resources and reserves that a lot of us have been living off to up to this point are just beginning to run out. And I'm not uh, talking about groceries. I mean, the sheer adrenaline that was keeping most of us going for a while has just been tapped. And so we find ourselves in this holy week and maybe you find yourself today just feeling like feeling sadder than you have previously. Um, Maybe this week has felt heavier and you're not quite sure what to attribute it to. And, There are so many things to attribute it to, and part of it is is just the reality of what is happening and our inability to to process it and to live fully in it, because it's kind of overwhelming. Um, It's just that we've reached a limitation in ourselves. And so if that's where you are right now, this psalm gives us some language. The first thing we see in this, the psalmist tells us that he is experiencing grief and it's affecting his whole body. Grief is bodily. He says, my bones are troubled. One of my colleagues passed an article on to me recently from the Harvard Business Review. The article was titled, That Discomfort You're Feeling is Grief. And it was really helpful in describing um, what it is that we're going through. It It just gave it a name. And... I really appreciate the way that the psalmist acknowledges that there's a physicality to what we're going through right now. It's affecting our very bodies. And I know that that probably isn't true for all of you, but for some of you, maybe maybe even for many of you, this is affecting your capacity to sleep. It's affecting your stomach. It's showing up in your head and in places where you carry stress in your body. There, There's a grief that we're experiencing as people, as world citizens right now. And it's physical. It's not merely physical, though. It's also deeply emotional and spiritual, which is why the psalmist immediately then says, my soul is also greatly troubled. It's not just that the externals are affecting me. It's also my internals are upset and turned over. The song goes on, and we're given a question, uh, and I think it's a question that captures the feeling of this moment. The psalmist just simply asks, how long, O oh Lord? It's a question that is all over the book of Psalms. It's all over the place. It's a question of lament. It's a question of grief. It's it's uh, how long is this going to continue, and when will this stop, and can you not bring relief? Why is it so long in coming? How long, O oh Lord? There there's a, There's an ache to the waiting that we are experiencing right now. How long will this last? Waiting is hard. There is... Part of the grief that we're even feeling is the anticipation, the waiting. We looked at this last week in the Songs of Ascent. The psalmist writes, We have had more than enough of contempt. Would you remember mercy? The part of the grief that we're feeling is just this feeling of bracing for what is going to happen, and then the the uncertainty around when we'll be on the other side. It's just the ache of waiting. And then the psalmist explains, uh, thirdly, how he's processing all this. And this is maybe the most instructive part for you and me. He talks about his moaning and his crying. He says, I'm weary with my moaning, and every night I flood my bed with tears, and I drench my couch with weeping. My eyes waste away because of my grief. Now, before we just chalk up this response to him being overly melodramatic, Uh, which I think is probably what I have done with this psalm in the past. Um, I I do believe that there is a word for us in this moment that you and I should be laboring to feel, to emote, to express what is happening to us and around us. And there is a lot of resistance to that idea. I mean, I have pretty strong survival instincts uh, in me. Um, uh, around this idea of not giving a lot of time to those sorts of feelings. I mean, they feel counterproductive. And of course, the idol that's revealed in that is that there's nothing more important than being productive. But but they all the same, they feel counterproductive. They feel like things that are going to maybe even undo me. And I'm more concerned with moving forward, with getting something done or accomplished. And maybe that's not true for you. Maybe you're a really good deep feeler. I have... Some good friends who are just natural, good, deep feelers. And I'm I'm so grateful for them because they help me know what the temperature is in the room when I can't read it myself. But there is something for all of us in learning to feel what we're feeling. I was talking with a, a really good friend over the weekend. She's a counselor and a therapist. And she was just encouraging me to not be afraid to feel the anxiousness, to feel the grief, to feel the sadness, to feel the anger surrounding What's happening right now. And it doesn't have to be because someone you know is directly suffering from this disease or someone in your immediate family has lost their job um, because of this or, or anything like that. I mean, I know people who have had big plans changed, canceled, graduations, weddings, trips they've been saving up for for years, all sorts of things that are just lost or at least suspended in the air right now. People who were in the middle of selling their house or buying a house or transitioning jobs or looking for jobs. All these things that were just about to happen and now everything's up in the air and no one knows when uh, it's going to land and when we can move forward. It doesn't have to be huge stuff. You don't have to Play the grief comparison game where we try to figure out who has the right to be in grief right now and who doesn't. We can just acknowledge that there's something that's being lost right now, and it's general, and it's hurting everyone. And there's permission in the Bible to feel it, to not have to have it produce anything in you, but just to let it be and to feel it. And the reason that you are free to feel it is the fourth thing in our text. It's because you don't have to be worried that it's the end. You don't have to be worried that it's going to overwhelm you or undo you or lead you into a bottomless place. The psalmist ends with the promise that God has heard his weeping. He knows your pain and he's in it with you. He sees and he hears. And because of that, the grief will not have the final word, but God will. The God who in Revelation 21, it says he literally wipes the grief from our eyes. He wipes the tears from our eyes. And that's the final word in our Bible. And because it is, you and I are free to express and to be where we are, to feel what we're feeling. And the psalmist gives us language, gives us courage, gives us a, a picture of it. And what better week to do that than this week? You know, what better week to enter into sorrow than the week that we remember that our Savior was a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. And even as Jesus hung on the cross, he was able and willing to experience that deep, painful, how long in his soul. It gave him permission to cry out from the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I hope that you and I, um, this week, that we have the courage, we give ourselves the freedom, we take um, the opportunity to enter into that grief with Jesus, to share in his sufferings. I want to close by reading a prayer. It's the collect for the day, and every day of Holy Week has its own appointed prayer, and this is the one for Tuesday of Holy Week from the Book of Common Prayer. O Lord, our God, whose blessed Son gave His back to be whipped and did not hide His face from shame and spitting, give us grace to accept joyfully the sufferings of the present time confident of the glory that shall be revealed through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen.